You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Happy Wednesday to you. It's time for our comprehensive primer regarding the Buffalo Bills and the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to get into the weeds here with this Seahawks team, and I'm going to break down what they have and the challenges the Bills will be facing on Sunday as they search for a 7-2 and two start to the season. Let's start with the nuts and bolts. Again, the Bills play host to the Seattle Seahawks in Week 9. The game will be played on Sunday, November 8th at 1 p.m. Eastern time at Bill Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The game will be broadcasted on Fox. Chris Myers is on the play-by-play. Greg Jennings and Brock Heward are the game analyst, and Jen Hale is the sideline reporter. As I've said before, I'm not a big fan of Fox, and I'm definitely not a big fan of three-person broadcast booths. So I'm not expecting much when it comes to the game presentation on Sunday. This will be the 14th all-time meeting between the two teams. Seattle has eight wins, and the Bills have five in the previous 13 meetings. The last time these two teams hooked up, it was back in November of 2016, and Seattle won the game 31-25. The Bills enter this game with a 6-2 record, and they are in search of a 7-2 start for the first time since 1993. Seattle is 6-1. Let's go through their resume of wins, starting in Week 1. They beat Atlanta 38-25. They beat New England in Week 2, 35-30. They beat Dallas 38-31. They beat Miami 31-23. Beat Minnesota 27-26. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals 37-34. And last week, they beat the San Francisco 49ers 37-27. Head coach of the Seattle Seahawks is Pete Carroll, 69 years old. He's in his 11th season as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks and his 15th overall season as an NFL head coach. He was the Jets head coach in 1994, and he was the Patriots head coach from 1997 to 1999. Also, he was the head coach at the University of Southern California from 2001 to 2009. A little fun fact on Pete Carroll is that his first NFL job was in 1984, with the Buffalo Bills as their defensive backs coach. His overall record as an NFL head coach is 139-91-1. He's 106-60-1 in Seattle. He has a career playoff record of 11-9, and of course he coached the Seahawks to a Super Bowl championship in 2013. And if he hands the ball off to Marshawn Lynch in 2014, he would be a two-time Super Bowl champion. For his career, he's challenged 93 plays. 44 of those were overturned. 
Quarterback of this football team is Russell Wilson, 5'11", 215 pounds, 31 years old. He was a third-round pick, number 75 overall in 2012. He has started every game since entering the NFL back in 2012. That's 135 games in a row for the Seattle Seahawks. For his career, he's 92-42-1 as the starting quarterback. He has a career completion percentage of 64.9. He averages 236 passing yards per game, and he has a career passer rating of 102.4. In 2020, he is having a great season. He's completing 71.5% of his passes, averaging 307 yards per game, 26 passing touchdowns, 6 interceptions, and a passer rating of 120.8. When it comes to vertical passing, 12.5% of Russell Wilson's attempts are targeted 20 yards or more down the field. That is 14th in the NFL. He's 16 of 32 for 604 yards, 9 touchdowns, and 1 interception with a passer rating of 122.4 on passes targeted 20-plus yards down the field. His intended air yards per attempt is 8.8 yards, which is ninth in the NFL. Josh Allen is 8.4 when it comes to intended air yards per attempt. 82.9% of his passes are on target. That is the second best percentage in the NFL, a very accurate thrower of the football. When it comes to RPOs, the Seahawks have run 21 RPO plays so far this year. That is 12th most in the NFL. Josh Allen, for comparison purposes, is fourth in the league with 42 RPO plays that were run. When it comes to play action, 26.5% of Russell Wilson's passing attempts this year are play action. That's the 18th most in the NFL. Josh Allen, again, for comparison purposes, is sixth at 34.5%. I'll tell you something about Russell Wilson in play action. He has the best passer rating in the NFL with play action, and he has the best passer rating in the NFL without play action. 133.6 with play action, 116.1 without play action. He's good no matter the circumstances, to be quite honest with you. His average time to throw is 2.94 seconds. That is fourth slowest in the NFL. For comparison purposes, Josh Allen is second at 3.06 seconds. So both of these guys are willing to hold on to the ball a little bit, extend plays, allow routes to develop, and uh, work from there. Now, Russ Wilson is exceptional at extending plays. He has a 122.3 passer rating, the best in the NFL, on passing attempts where he holds on to the football for more than two and a half seconds. And that happens on 58.7% of his passes where he holds on to the ball for more than two and a half seconds. That is fourth most frequent in the NFL. Josh Allen is second at 61.9%. And Allen's passer rating when he holds onto the football for two and a half seconds or more is 102. So both very good in that department. In the attempts where Russell Wilson gets the ball out in less than two and a half seconds, which is 41.3% of the time, he completes 78.2% of his passes with a passer rating of 118.7% which is seventh best in the NFL. Russell Wilson faces pressure on 27.1% of his dropbacks. That is fourth most in the NFL. When he's kept clean, 
He completes 78.3% of his passes, 8.9 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 131.8. That is the best passer rating in the NFL when he's kept clean. When he's under pressure, he's not quite as effective, but he's outstanding nonetheless when it comes to being under pressure. His completion percentage does dip from 78.3 to 54.7. His yards per attempt goes from 8.9 when he's clean to 7.4 when he's under pressure, and he has a 92.9 passer rating under pressure, which is sixth best in the NFL, but still a decline from 131.8 when he's kept clean. So Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback, um, regardless of the circumstances, whether he's pressured, whether he's blitzed, whether he's clean, whether it's an RPO, whether it's a play action, whether he holds on to the football or he gets it out clean, he's an elite quarterback, one of the best two or three in the NFL, and the Bills will have their hands full shutting him down or at least attempting to and doing enough so that they can win on Sunday. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I love to watch the game with my family and, of course, with an ice-cold Pepsi in hand. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. The offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks is Brian Schottenheimer. He's 47 years old. He's in his third season as the Seattle offensive coordinator. It's his 12th total season as an NFL OC. His first chance to do that came with the Jets back in 2006. He held that position until 2011. He was the Rams OC from 2012 to 2014. He had one season as the offensive coordinator at Georgia in college back in 2015. He was the Colts quarterback's coach in 2016 and 2017. And then he joined Seattle as their offensive coordinator starting in 2018. Prior to 2019, last year, his offenses have not been overly successful. In his first 10 seasons as an NFL offensive coordinator, only once did his unit finish in the top half of the league when it comes to total offense. They were ninth last year, and this year they are absolutely terrific. So far in 2020, they're scoring 34.3 points per game. That's the best in the NFL. They're averaging 414 yards per game. That is third best in the NFL. 125 rushing yards per game. That is 12th in the NFL. 289 passing yards per game. That's third best in the league. But here's a weird one. They're only converting 39.2% of their third down attempts, which is 26th in the NFL. So very good when it comes to scoring and yards, but they struggle to convert on third down, but they don't face many of them. They've only faced 72 third downs so far this year, which is the second fewest in the NFL. When it comes to their weapons, we got to start with those two wide receivers, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. 50% of Russell Wilson's passing attempts are targeted at Lockett and Metcalf. So far, Lockett has 575 yards and seven touchdowns. Metcalf has 680 yards and seven touchdowns. Keep in mind, they've only played seven games. They're having unbelievable seasons. Their third receiver is David Moore. He has 15 catches for 242 yards and three touchdowns this year. Uh, Russell Wilson actually has a perfect passer rating 
when targeting David Moore. So you want to take away Lockett and Metcalf, don't sleep on David Moore because Russell Wilson is very successful when throwing the football to David Moore. Now, back to Lockett and Metcalf. Metcalf is big. He's strong. He's crazy fast. He's great tracking the football down the field, and he's a problem. Tyler Lockett is extremely explosive, a really good route runner, knows how to get open, and he has great ball skills. There's just a lot to deal with in those two players. So I'll share some ideas I have here in a moment uh, to help neutralize them a bit, but I mean, that might be the the best one-two punch in the NFL when it comes to wide receivers and Metcalf and Lockett. At tight end, they have Greg Olson and Will Disley. Olson has 17 catches for 158 yards this year. Will Disley, 11 catches for 111 yards. Obviously, Olson's one of the best tight ends in NFL history, but he's aging. Uh, a guy that's reliable, he'll be a security blanket for Russell Wilson, but he's not the explosive, seam-busting tight end that he's that he was back in his Carolina days. Uh, Will Disley is a, a big physical blocker, but you can't sleep on him as a pass catcher because you know he's made some explosive plays so far in his young career as well. When it comes to running back, things are a little bit dicey because some of their guys are injured. Uh, Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson uh, have been injured, and we're not sure about their availability for Sunday. Last week against San Francisco, DJ Dallas ran the football 18 times and scored. I think he had a couple of rushing touchdowns in that game. He's a rookie from Miami. And then Travis Homer would be the other running back who's a second-year player from Miami. I'll tell you this about Dallas and Homer is that they're they're physical runners. Uh, they're not overly dynamic in terms of elusiveness or explosiveness, but they are physical. They are willing to challenge you with pad level and physicality, and they run hard. Um, I've done a lot of work on both of those players, and, and that's definitely the, the big scouting report on them is you better get multiple bodies – at these guys because they are willing to explode into tacklers. Now, we'll see if they have Carson and Hyde. Obviously, those are experienced players in the league, but their availability for Sunday is very much in jeopardy. When it comes to these running backs, though, the the Seahawks are willing to throw it to them. 23% of Russell Wilson's passes this year have been targeted at running backs. So, you know, you got to account for them in the passing game just as much as you do uh, in the run game. So don't sleep on that. Obviously, it'd be very helpful to have a healthy Matt Milano to help deal with that. The Seattle offensive line, uh, their left tackle is Dwayne Brown. He's an experienced veteran, an above-average player who's playing at a high level this year. Their left guard is Jordan Simmons. He is a poor player. Uh, that's the weak link of this unit. If you're going to have success uh, and create some mismatches, go up against Jordan Simmons because he is a below average player. Their center is Ethan Pochick. I would call him an average starter. Damian Lewis is a rookie for them. He starts at right guard. Uh, he's having a good year so far, but obviously still a rookie that you feel like you should be able to take advantage of a little bit. And then their starting right tackle is Brandon Shell, who I think is an average player. Uh, obviously not a, a guy who I think is a wall in pass protection. I think he can be beat, but he's at least an average starter in the NFL. So you know, their offensive line gives up a fair amount of pressure. That's always kind of been the situation with Russell Wilson, who likes to hold on to the ball a little bit and extend play. So, you know, part of that's on the offensive line that they haven't quite been able to assemble and to really establish a, a upper echelon unit 
but you know, just like kind of Deshaun Watson, you know, Russ Wilson will hold on to that ball a little bit and, and create some of his own uh, chaos and create some pressure on himself because he doesn't always get the ball out quick. So what are my keys for the Bills defense against this Seattle offense? I have four things written down. Uh, number one, I put play zone coverage to minimize mismatches. The Bills don't have anyone in their secondary that can run with Lockett or Metcalf. They're complete mismatches. And obviously those guys open up a lot for guys like Dave Moore, the tight ends, the running backs uh, out of the backfield. So you got to stay true to your, your zone coverage. You need to understand the leverage of your coverage and what it's designed to take away. Uh, but don't find yourself in man coverage. You can't have anybody 1v1 with Lockett or Metcalf just running with them down the field because those are foot races that the Bills can't win. And Russell Wilson is an elite deep ball thrower. Number two, I wrote down Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. You got to disguise coverages and you have to take away deep windows. Under Sean McDermott, the Bills have never had great speed in the secondary, but they also don't give up much down the field. And the reason that is true is because of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and how good of a job they do playing in deep zones staying leveraged over top and take away, taking away deep windows. This needs to be an effort from those guys that is among their best to date. They have to take away those shot plays from Russell Wilson. Disguise your intentions, get to your landmarks, take away deep throws. Number three, I wrote disciplined pass rush lanes. Russell Wilson's a guy that can move around. He can extend plays. He can get outside the pocket. He can scramble. He can make throws on the run. Just like they were against Cam Newton last week, the pass rush has to stay disciplined. Don't go inside a for the outside contained player without somebody replacing you. You have to have good communication. You have to stay in your rush lanes because if you let Russell Wilson get loose, you're going to be in trouble. Keep him drifting. Don't let him get outside the pocket. Keep him bottled up and drifting backwards. Number four, I wrote down live with some production in the run game and make them earn everything. Maybe not to the extent that the Bills did against Kansas City, but if Seattle wants to run the football against you and not take advantage of their explosive playmakers at wide receiver, I think you take that. So maybe the Bills give up some production on the ground this week, but I think in a lot of ways, just like in the Kansas City game, every time that Russ Wilson hands the ball off instead of throws it, that is a net positive for the Bills. So invite them to run the football against you. Live with some yardage that they're going to rack up. But take away the best thing they do, and that's get the football to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. This is the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. I eat one, probably two every day, to be completely honest with you. They come in 18 amazing flavors. I love the variety. There's six new flavors that recently dropped. Those are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, which is really good, by the way, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They have the texture of a candy bar, to be quite honest with you. 
Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious, whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat. You got to try Built Bar. They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's talk about this Seattle Seahawks defense under the direction of defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. He's 54 years old. He's in his third season as Seattle's defensive coordinator, his sixth overall season as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. His first NFL gig did come with the Seahawks, where he was the linebackers coach from 2010 to 2014. He was then the Raiders defensive coordinator from 2015 to 2017. He was hired back to Seattle to be their defensive coordinator in 2018. Ken Norton has never had a defense ranked in the top half of the league, and the unit this year is absolutely struggling. These numbers are wild. Buckle up. So far this year, they're giving up 28.4 points per game. That is 24th in the NFL. They're allowing, on average, 461 yards per game. That is 32nd, dead last in the NFL. They give up 102 rushing yards per game. That's ninth best in the NFL. They give up 359 passing yards per game. That is dead last in the NFL. No typos there. On average, Seattle gives up 359 passing yards per game. One good thing about their defense is that they are forcing a turnover on 16.5% of drives, which is fourth best in the NFL. They average two takeaways per game. Let's look at their personnel. On the defensive line, you're going to see a variety of players. You'll get some Jerron Reed, who I think is a really good player, uh, good pass rusher. He's big, explosive, physical, good technique, good against the run, good against the pass. Puna Ford, he's a little fire hydrant. Plays with good energy, short, stocky guy. Alton Robinson, who's a rookie from Syracuse. He's had a good year rushing the passer. LJ Collier, who was their first-round pick last year out of TCU. He's been a disappointment. They've got Steven Sullivan, who played tight end at LSU, and he's converting over to defensive end, and he actually plays. They've also got Jonathan Bullard, who is an undersized defensive tackle that is a good gap shooter, but you know, obviously if you can get him squared up, you can move him out of the way. They should get Carlos Dunlap this week, a defensive end that they traded for from the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think Carlos Dunlap's been one of the best defensive ends in the NFL over like the last 10 years. He's unbelievably consistent, and uh, they traded for him, and he should be good to go for Sunday. So, you know, a big reinforcement here for this defense in the form of Carlos Dunlap. You know, individually, you may look at some of these guys and see that they have some talent, but obviously, collectively, they're not playing so hot this year. The real guys to account for here are Jerron Reed and Carlos Dunlap. At linebacker, Bobby Wagner is their middle linebacker, one of the best defensive players in the league. Great in coverage. He's explosive, sideline to sideline, great range, physical. I mean, he's one of the elite defensive players in the game. Uh, as their Mike linebacker. He's supported by K.J. Wright, who is a know-how veteran, and then Jordan Brooks will play a little bit. He's their first-round pick out of Texas Tech, uh, a big physical linebacker, but a guy who's really struggling with the mental side of things at this point. Now, at cornerback, there's a lot of question marks here because of injuries. 
Uh, Shaquille Griffin is one of their top cornerbacks, but he missed last week with a concussion. Quinton Dunbar uh, should be good to go. They traded for him, uh, who's been a good player in the past for Washington, but has not necessarily found himself yet in Seattle. If Shaquille Griffin's unable to go, I think you'll get Trey Flowers at cornerback, who I've always thought is a below-average player. Uh, In the slot, Ugo Amadi is their preferred guy, but he's been injured, so you could see DJ Reed. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, this collection of cornerbacks is is very much below average. They're performing poorly, and there should be opportunities to go after these guys. Now, at safety, uh, they're supposed to get Jamal Adams back this week, and that'd be a big boost. So for as much as this unit has struggled this year, they get some really nice reinforcements to help their defense this week in Carlos Dunlap on the defensive line and Jamal Adams in the secondary. You guys know Jamal Adams, one of the best safeties in the league. And um, obviously he's quite familiar with playing against the Bills and Josh Allen. The other safety is uh, Quandre Diggs, who's a good player, uh, came over in a trade last year from the Detroit Lions. Uh, he can play some in the slot. He can play you know, deep zones, split zones. Uh, he's a very versatile defender. So they got a good pair of safeties. But, you know, obviously um, when you think about Jamal Adams coming in and, you know, not having a ton, ton of time on task with the players around him with injuries at slot corner and outside corner and how this unit has performed this year. And there's going to be some some lapses probably in communication as they continue to try to piece things together with new players and um, obviously – you know, uncertain about who's going to be available or not. So I think there's a lot of question marks in this secondary. When I look at the talent that Seattle has on defense, it doesn't scream to me like worst in the NFL. But obviously they're performing like that. I mean, 461 yards per game and, and 28.4 points per game is on is what you give up on average. I mean, that's egregious. But, I mean, they've got some talented players. They're just not playing good team defense. So, you know, I'm sure just like, you know, there's some disappointment for the way the Bills are playing defense, Seattle probably feels the same way, and, and they're reeling and they want to get it right. So, you know, it should be interesting to see how the Bills' offense matches up with this defense. For the keys uh, for the Bills' offense against the Seattle defense, I have three things written down. Number one, test the pass defense. This secondary has been torched by everyone. I mean, Cam Newton, of all people, diced this secondary up. Go after him. Open it up. Chuck the football. Pass it. Work the ball to all levels of the field. They have not proven they can stop anyone passing the football, and the Bills need to air it out. Number two, don't turn it over. You know, that's the thing. They're giving up a lot of yards. They're giving up a lot of points. But they're also coming away with a couple of turnovers per game that have been difference-making. Don't give it to them. So be aggressive, but don't turn over the football. Number three, touchdowns, not field goals. Seattle is a team that's going to score some points. They've proven that. They have the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They score a touchdown on 88% of their trips to the red zone. They're good. You can't get into this situation where you're trading – touchdowns for field goals where you're giving up touchdowns and you're scoring field goals. You got to score touchdowns. I don't care about field goals in this game. You need to come away with six. So, uh, 
if it's a 45, 50 yard field goal and it's a manageable fourth down situation, go for it. The Bills have the number one offense in the NFL in third down conversion, and they're very good when it comes to converting in the in the red zone as well, unless they're playing the Jets. So be aggressive, go for it, understand you're going to need points to win this game, and uh, don't be afraid to be a little bit aggressive with, with some play calling and, of course, going for it on fourth down. As a matter of fact, the Bills – have only went for it on third da- on fourth down this year three times. Now they converted all three of them, but you know it's not something that's come up a lot for Sean McDermott, and partly because the Bills are the best third down offense in the NFL, they're not getting to fourth downs very often. But this could be a game where you need some conversions. Play like you need points. Be aggressive. Real quick on their special teams, their kicker is Jason Myers. Uh, he's having a good year. 5 of 5 on field goals, 29 of 30 on extra points. For his career, he's made 85% of his field goals. Their punter is Michael Dixon, one of the best in the game. Uh, he was a sensational rookie a couple years ago, and he's been outstanding since, averaging 44.5 net yards per punt. That is third best in the NFL. Their return guy is Dave Moore. Um, he's averaging 15.7 yards per kick return, which is a very poor average. And he's averaging 12.3 yards per punt return. Uh, but he does have two muffs for his career. He's fielded 37 punts in his career and he's muffed two of them. So he is not immune to some muffs and mishandling the football. So, uh, could be interesting dynamic to monitor there. All right, folks, there you have it. That's the Seattle Seahawks, a big challenge for this Buffalo Bills team. Um, obviously a really dynamic offense, a defense that you feel like you should be able to score some points against. And, um, you know, they're coming to your place. They're coming across the country from Seattle to Orchard Park. So, you know, there's some advantages here for the Bills who are actually underdogs in this game. They're three-point underdogs at home. So you get to play that card and use that as motivation this week if you're Sean McDermott. But uh, hopefully this was helpful for you that you were able to listen to this and become more prepared for this football game and really understand what the task at hand is for the Bills on Sunday. As for this podcast, that's going to do it for us today. Really appreciate you tuning in. Tomorrow is going to be our crossover preview with Locked On Seahawks. Uh, Just as long as as, uh, their host will respond to my email, I've been trying to get things uh, hooked up with him, but I haven't heard back. So um, hopefully we we were able to hook up and record. Uh, But if not, Uh, We'll talk Buffalo Bills somehow tomorrow, so don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.